0: Well, what I want to share with you from the story that we all heard is incredibly easy to understand. It is incredibly challenging to put into practice and incredibly powerful to transform your life. We've been talking about grace all summer, so you may already know that grace is receiving what we do not deserve and not receiving what we do deserve we're going to continue to talk about grace in this series our series is titled it does a body good Because throughout this series, we will be looking at specific ways in which grace does a body good. Not just our individual body, our self, but our body as the body of Christ, our life together. And forgiveness is one of the ways that we experience grace that does a body good. It is one of those subjects that comes up pretty often in church. In fact, it comes up every single week when we pray together, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Even though forgiveness is a really challenging topic, I expect that at least some of us are relieved that at least we're not talking about money today. Well, kind of, (laughs) because the story that Jesus tells to teach his disciples about forgiveness involves money. Uh, Specifically, it involves the downside to money, a subject that most of us can relate to. It involves debt. And if, if we are typical of Americans in general, we can expect that about three out of four of us are currently, right today, in debt now I can remember my first debt and it was a school loan it was a number with more zeros in it than I had ever seen and it took me ten years to pay off all that money. Some of you know how that feels because college has only gotten more expensive since I went to school. And you may be thinking, oh, if you only knew how much I owe Sally May." Well, we live in a culture in which a lot of people have a lot of debt, not just school debt, but mortgages and car loans and credit card debt. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how much debt you have. It is nothing, nothing compared to the debt owed by the guys in our story this morning. Not even close. Because the story that we're looking at this morning from Matthew 18 starts with the king deciding it's time to settle up accounts. And he brings in the first guy who owes him. And I'm going to call him Big Bill because he has a big bill. Uh, Big Bill owes the king 10,000 bags of gold. Now, some other translations say 10,000 talents. In biblical times, a talent was about 130 pounds. So if you're quick at doing math, you can quickly figure out that Big Bill owes the king 1,300,000 pounds of gold. 1,300,000 pounds of gold. Now, that is ridiculous. It equates to about 150,000 years of income. And it is more money that even existed in the world in biblical times. So what Jesus is saying is Big Bill owes the king a debt that is inconceivable. It is a debt that is completely impossible to be repaid. And when Big Bill says to the king, be patient with me and I will pay back everything, that just would have been a head shaker for the disciples who are listening to these stories because they would have known that Big Bill's promise was preposterous. And so the next line in our story would have been equally shocking. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled his debt, and let him go. Boom. Talk about receiving what he did not deserve and not receiving what he did deserve. Big Bill receives big grace from the king. Now, if you had just been forgiven a debt that was more than you could ever pay, what would you do? You know, maybe throw a party, do a dance, write the best thank you note of your life, send the king flowers. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bible open, you can take a look. You can see that what Big Bill did when he left the king free and clear. It's in verse 28. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. He went out and he choked a guy who owed him a debt. Now there's another shocker, and let's call this guy Choke Charlie. (laughs) Because Choke Charlie, he owes a pretty big debt too. He owes a hundred silver coins. Your Bible may say he owes a hundred denarius. In that time, a denarius was a day's wage. And so Choke Charlie owes Big Bill a little bit more than three months of income. That's a lot, it's not small, but it's not inconceivable. My school loan was more than three months of my income. It was a lot more than three months of my income, but I paid it back. It was possible for choked Charlie to pay back his debt. Now notice what Charlie says to Bill. Be patient with me and I will pay back everything. Sound familiar? It is the exact same plea that Big Bill made to the king. I don't think that's an accident. But instead of receiving grace, Big Bill has choked Charlie, thrown into prison. I have to wonder what Jesus' disciples thought when they heard this story. It was absolutely full of surprises. I wonder... With all those surprises, if any of them connected it to the prayer that Jesus had taught them. Did you connect it to the prayer that Jesus taught us? You can find it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. It's the Lord's Prayer. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we often use the word trespasses. Sometimes we use the word sins. But some of you know that some translations use the word debts. So I want to invite you to say Matthew chapter 6 verse 12 with me. The words will be on the screen. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins as those, we forgive those who sin against us. This story isn't about money. This story isn't about financial debt. This story is about forgiveness. And we know that because of the way that it starts. With Peter's question, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And part of Jesus' response to Peter's question is to tell this story. It's a story every one of us needs to hear because every one of us has a debt that needs forgiveness. Every one of us has done something wrong, offended God, disappointed our loved ones, embarrassed ourselves, and every one of us has been hurt. We have been treated unfairly, misunderstood, perhaps even deeply hurt. So can we honestly say to God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors? And yet we say it every week when we pray the Lord's Prayer. But do we do it? And even if we want to do it, how would this work? Even right now, just talking about this, you might feel your blood pressure rising a little bit as you think about perhaps what you have done or what someone has done to you. Something that you know is wrong, maybe even terribly wrong. Maybe you have cheated on your spouse or you have been cheated on. Uh, Maybe you have been bullied or abused or maybe you have been the bully or the abuser. Um, Have you gotten hooked on painkillers or pornography? Do you have a temper that gets out of control? A secret that no one knows? There is no shortage of books about how to move on, and some of them are very good and very helpful. But our purpose here this morning isn't to identify five steps to forgiveness. Our purpose is is to allow the word of God to speak into our lives so that we do not miss out on the abundance of God's grace and the difference that that can make in our lives, to mold us, to shape us, maybe to prick us, ultimately, though, to do a body good. So before we go any further, I wanna invite you to once again pray with me. And I wanna invite you to pray that God would reveal the issue That most needs to be covered in God's grace in the form of forgiveness. You have a slip of dissolvable paper on which you can write some way that you need to experience forgiveness. What do you need to write on that paper? Later in the worship service, you will be invited to bring it forward. But for right now... I just want to invite you to let God speak to you about what you need to write on the paper. Let God bring to mind the issue in your life that most needs, the healing grace of forgiveness. So will you pray with me? Gracious, loving, forgiving God. We pray that you would speak to each one of us personally. You know what needs to be forgiven. Some of us need to forgive ourselves because we are carrying around a boatload of guilt. Guilt that you died to remove from our shoulders. God, help us to better understand your forgiveness and to receive your abundant grace into our lives. Others of us have been hurt, and we need to forgive someone else. We know that you teach us to forgive others, but it is hard to do. So first of all, we ask you to give us the grace to simply want to forgive. And then we pray that you would give us the grace to know how we can do that. God, we pray that you would speak to us through your scripture, that it would come alive for us, and that it would equip us to live in your grace rather than in guilt, rather than in bitterness. It is in the gracious and powerful name of Jesus that we pray together, amen. Jesus taught his disciples about forgiveness through this story. And so I want to invite you to look with me about what it can teach us. And first of all, I think that it teaches us that forgiveness is extravagant. It is crazy what the king does for Big Bill. It makes no sense. It is wildly extravagant to forgive such a huge debt. The king has every right to expect that that debt would be repaid. He doesn't have to forgive it, but he freely chooses to do so. That is how forgiveness works. No one deserves to be forgiven. Hear that. No one deserves to be forgiven. That's why forgiveness is a form of grace. Peter approaches forgiveness from a human perspective. He offers a human solution. How about I forgive my brother or sister seven times? That seems pretty generous, doesn't it? But Jesus changes his perspective. He offers a kingdom perspective because we aren't to forgive in human strength. Have you heard the saying, to err is human, to forgive is divine? This story shows us how true that saying is. It is an extravagant act of grace to offer forgiveness. It involves saying to someone, you don't owe me anything. You don't have to pay your debt. You don't have to make amends. You don't even have to say you're sorry. Forgiveness is extravagant. It also teaches us that forgiveness is qualitative, not quantitative. If you read earlier in chapter 18 to see what comes before this story, you will notice that Jesus has been teaching his disciples about lost sheep and how to restore those who wander. And Peter, this is my thought, I think Peter thinks, I get it. You know, I think he's showing off a little bit. When he asked Jesus, what do you expect of us? To forgive our brother or sister seven times? Seven times was a lot. You know, the rabbis at the time taught that you should forgive somebody up to three times. So Peter is going way beyond what was expected, the obligation. And he's probably leaning in, waiting for Jesus to smile, words of affirmation for his disciples. And instead, Jesus pulls a shocker, and he says, no, Peter, not seven times, but 77 times. I think Peter gulped at that. I mean, how do you even keep track of it? Huh, was that the forty? 40- seventh time that I forgave him or the 46th time. Jesus is teaching that the number isn't the point. In fact, the number isn't even clear. Some translators translate this as 77 times. Other translations translate it as seven times 70, which is 490. It depends on which version you read, what the number is. But the point is, is the number doesn't matter. The point is, whatever number it is, it's way too many times to count. Because forgiveness isn't a quantitative act. Forgiveness is a qualitative act. And if we're keeping score, we aren't forgiving. The saddest part of this story for me is that Big Bill's debt was erased. But it didn't make a difference it didn't change him. And how is that even possible? How could he receive such extravagant grace and not offer even a small measure of grace to Charlie? Charlie makes the exact same request that Big Bill made. Be patient with me and I will pay back everything. But Big Bill has a very different response from the king. And how can that be? I think the answer is that it it never became personal for Bill. Forgiveness is personal. It's easy for us to pass judgment on Bill, but don't you ever feel like Bill? I mean, you know that God has forgiven your sins. You believe that your debt has been paid, but, but you don't feel free. And you don't joyfully extend God's grace to others. In fact, sometimes you just want to choke people. That happens to all of us because we are all Bill. This story reminds us how important it is to make forgiveness personal, to really receive God's grace. Or we're going to end up being imprisoned by our own selfishness, ambitions, and anger. I have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. And some of us have trouble with forgiveness because we believe that what we have done is just so awful that we couldn't possibly be forgiven, that we don't deserve forgiveness. Well, remember, no one does. But grace is getting what we don't deserve and not getting what we do. And I think others of us have trouble with forgiveness for the opposite reason. Because we think we're doing pretty good. You know, at least we try to be a good person. And as we look around, we're, we're doing better than most other people. If that's a struggle that you have, let me ask you, what's your secret? Like, what's, what's the one thing that you have done, that you have said, that you have thought that if the people sitting around you right now would know you would be mortified. Can you name that in your heart? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud, but can you just think about that for a moment? What's your secret? In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Because of God's grace, you are forgiven. Do you believe that? That in the name of Jesus Christ, you you are forgiven. All of us need that grace. And in a world where grace is in such short supply, the world needs forgiveness and grace offered to it. And once we receive God's grace, God expects us to offer it to others because forgiveness is reciprocal. Every week, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we say that we do this. Again, will you say that with me? Matthew 6 12. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Every week, we come to worship and we say, God, we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Now, forgive us our sins. And have you ever not said that part of the Lord's Prayer? I have. I have because there have been Sundays when I've come and we come to that prayer and I thought I can't say that that isn't true I don't want to add lying to God on my list of sins The story tells us is outrageous Jesus' story is outrageous in so many ways. It is outrageous that Big Bill could be forgiven an inconceivable, unpayable debt, and then he could turn around and choke Charlie because he owes him. Charlie's debt was significant. Some of us have to forgive some pretty significant debts, but they are nothing compared to the debt that every single one of us owes to God. Forgiveness is serious and it's powerful you knew that i didn't need to tell you that i think jesus wants us to remember that forgiveness is not optional at least not if we want to live in god's abundant grace our unwillingness to forgive will have consequences consider how the story ends for verse 34 in anger His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Big Bill was set free of his debt, but because he failed to forgive Charlie, he ended up not only in prison, but tortured. It's not a happy ending to this story. And some of us know how that feels, to be imprisoned by hurt and to be tormented because we just can't forgive the person who has hurt us. No one really knows who said it, but there's a saying that not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When we refuse to forgive, the result is imprisonment and torture. I don't know what you need to write on your paper. I don't know if it's something that you need to be forgiven for, something you have done, but I know, I know that God wants to cancel your debt and set you free, abundantly free. And if you have received the grace of God and you know that your sins are forgiven, God wants you to offer that same forgiveness in abundant fashion. They don't need to deserve it, that's why it's grace. God wants you to offer forgiveness so that you will not be imprisoned and tortured anymore. And also God wants you to offer forgiveness for the benefit of others because the world surely needs more grace. God wants to use you to make the world better and more beautiful by offering God's abundant grace. And you don't need to do it in your own strength. We forgive in God's strength, in God's abundant strength. So I want to invite you to say the Lord's Prayer with me. And the words will be on the screen because today we're going to use the words debt and debtors instead of trespasses. And if you aren't ready to say that segment of the prayer, you can drop out for that portion. But then later when you come forward for communion, I invite you to bring your paper and to place it in the water, and it will dissolve. It will be no more, and it will be a reminder that God's grace makes forgiveness possible, that God's grace gets rid of the poison, that God's grace sets you free, and that God's grace does a body good. Will you pray with me, please?